Today, we're going to talk a bit about the player news from this weekend, including Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, and Trevor Etienne. Then we'll talk about the Gators being one of the best NBA producers, wrapping up with a recap of Gators versus Auburn from Saturday night, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, gaming, sports, and so much more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all of my written work getting right into the player news that we're going to talk about a little bit. Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones are going to be talked about kind of kind of intertwined here um, because they obviously are related to each other, both being the starting quarterbacks for the Florida Gators this past season. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up this segment by talking about Trevor Etienne, the amazing signing that Billy Napier got again because Billy Napier does those things. Um, Anthony Richardson, of course, recently got knee surgery to repair a torn meniscus. Uh, I've torn my meniscus not nearly as bad as Anthony Richardson's, so I can't really relate to it a ton, except I can be like, hey, same thing. Um, but not the same, same, but different, you know. Um, he reportedly tore his meniscus initially in high school. He never got surgery to repair it. Then the knee injury that happened right before the Georgia game, and I was like, oh, you know, I think Anthony Richardson might have got hurt, you know, dancing in the hotel, dancing in the hotel with the team. Um, he did. He re-injured his meniscus um, right before the Georgia game. That was really a, a fun thing to talk about. Um, and then against Florida State, he completely tore it. And now he has gotten surgery. I believe he got the surgery right before the bowl game. Uh, he could be out six months, which would really suck, which means that he would miss spring practices. So at least for the duration of spring practice, the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators will not be the guy that we think will be the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators once the season rolls around. Emory Jones, however, could be the starting quarterback when the season rolls around and for spring practices. And I know a lot of you guys are going to be upset about that one, but yikes, we're going to see how it goes. I'm still going to support Emory, hope the best for him, wish the best for him. And if he's going to be a Gator, I want him to succeed, so I don't care. I, even if he's not going to be a Gator, I want him to succeed, but I really want him to succeed if he's going to be a Gator. The rumor is, or at least the rumor swirling around, whatever you want to call it, is that he has not left Emory Jones, of course, before the bowl game, said that he was going into the transfer portal after the bowl game. Emory has not yet entered the transfer portal, and the bowl game was three weeks ago at this point. And people are saying that the reason he's not going is because of the knee injury to Anthony Richardson. Why is that? Because Emory Jones can maybe capitalize off of this knee injury and turn it into another final season as a starting quarterback for the Florida Gators. Not sure how true it is. I mean, I think I think it's true considering we were like, yeah, he's going into the portal immediately following the bowl game, and it's way past immediately following the bowl game, and he's still here. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with him staying. Like I said, like I, I love him. I, I love Emory Jones. I mean... I have no problem saying quarterbacking, not fantastic there, but, uh, you know, I I think he's a great kid and I think he's still got a lot of potential that we can maybe find if he can correct things. 
and working with a new head coach, new system, you never know what could happen. We've seen people make insane strides from year to year. You never know what's going to happen here. So Emory Jones, like if he comes back, maybe he earns the starting job. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's a late transfer out if he doesn't earn it. Maybe he's just staying for spring practice, show what he can to some other schools, and then he's going to duck out once Anthony Richardson's back. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but right now Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson are both Florida Gators. So, hey, you, you know, just, just accept it. Accept that that's the situation that's that we're in. And, again, if Anthony Richardson – can't go for six months. Who knows if he'll be game ready by the start of the season. So Emory Jones sticking around at least for now. Uh, again, I'm not totally certain when he's going to leave, if he's going to leave or anything like that. But he said he was leaving immediately after the bowl game. It hasn't happened yet. And like I said, it's very much after immediately following the bowl game. So it seems like he's going to stay. I don't really know. Uh, and then the final player to talk about right now is Trevor Etienne. Um, of course, on Saturday was the Under Armour All-American game, and Trevor Etienne is one of the few or one of the players that uh, announced his official commitment at the game. And his official commitment was the University of Florida for the next three to four years. So we know that Trevor Etienne has his eyes set on the NFL and getting there soon because he wasn't just like, oh, like I'm I'm gonna start my college career. At Florida. No, he said, I will be spending the next three to four years at the University of Florida. So if he's a starter, you get three years of him. I, I don't see there how there's a way where he starts for three years or starts for two years and stays for a fourth, especially when he's already made it freshly clear three to four years. He's going to have fun with NIL. Um, he chose the Gators. Of course, Trevor Etienne's older brother, Travis Etienne, just got drafted this past April, which, oh my goodness that was like nine months ago now all right just got drafted this past april to the jacksonville jaguars in the first round he did not play this year because of a torn achilles that kept him out for the year so that really sucked um but so we haven't seen him play yet but he of course played at clemson won championships was just a freaky contributor and producer on a per touch basis, uh, Trevor will likely see playing time early. I think so, at least, especially with Malik Davis and Damian Pierce, both gone for the draft. We know Billy Napier is going to rotate his backs pretty frequently and that they're going to run the ball a lot in Gainesville. So I could absolutely see Trevor Etienne getting, I, I don't want to say the lion's share of the carries, but he can get a pretty significant number of carries as a true freshman this year. And I would not put it past him. The kid has talent. So if he, if he works his way into the rotation, I'm totally fine with it, especially with all the carries that are opening up right now in Gainesville. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions, you know, new year, new me, all that fun stuff. Uh, new Year's, same old me. If yours is about getting fit and or getting healthier or whatever it may be, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping my New Year's resolutions every year. I have the goal to get fit, and every year I'm more mics than I'm more yikes than usual. Um, my, my neighbor is a baker, so they bring me desserts and stuff. And it's just, it, it ain't pretty. I'm going to let you know that right now. Every Because I know you guys know, sweet tooth, big thing for me. So I'm committing to eating Built Bar and not accepting the sweets. They just gave us a cake today. Uh, it's already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories, which is four net carbs, which is a big thing for me. Along with 17 grams of protein. No more sneaking around. No, no more feeling like you're doing shady things. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored of the same old thing. And if you like the same old thing, hey, 
get the same old thing. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order that is locked, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at builtorbuiltbar.com. And now we're talking about Gators being an NBA factory, the Florida Gators being an NBA factory. Possibly, uh, I saw a post on Reddit that was, I think it was in Data is Beautiful. Uh, I know it was, I saw it in Florida Gators. I think it originated in Data is Beautiful or maybe just NBA. I don't know. That, that's irrelevant at this point. Um, but it was talking about which universities produce NBA talent since 1999, or ranking the top 25 universities in producing NBA talent since 1999 using a win shares produced. I don't know what the number is, but it's, it's fun to look at. Um, sorry, it's just that's what we're doing here. Uh, Florida's ranked seventh behind Duke. Kentucky, UCLA, Texas, Arizona, and UConn. Thank, thanks, Utah. UConn is like the one school that I didn't want to be stuck by in Florida State. But UConn's like, I, I haven't forgiven them for March Madness. Um, Shabazz Napier, I have not forgiven him. So I just want to make that very clear. But I mean, it makes sense because you look at it from 1999 or since 1999, and you think back to the Billy Donovan days of Joakim Noah, Al Horford, uh, Corey Brewer, Chandler Parsons, Bradley Beal, which, I mean, he's still one of the best scorers in the NBA. Matt Bonner, Mike Miller, David Lee, so many guys. You can look at recently with Dorian Finney-Smith was just a few years ago. Uh, Chris Chioza, Trey Mann, and Scotty Lewis got drafted this past year. So you you can look at that, and you can look at just all the talent. It's, it's honestly amazing that Florida put out, especially when you look at the big men that were all there at the same time. Like Mo Spates was here at the same time with Joakim and Al Horford. And it was, it was dope. Um, I, I miss you, Billy Donovan. Just know that. Uh, hope you're having fun in the NBA, but yeah, I miss you. Um, if you look at these numbers over the past decade, uh, it's probably very different. Um, in terms of just how well Florida stacks up against other universities, because, well, Florida has not been fantastic over the past decade. Billy Donovan left in 2014, so that 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 stings still. But, uh, yeah, Florida likely wouldn't be too high up there if you look at this over the past decade. Mike White, I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we, have, his, we have our criticisms of him, and we will have some criticism for him in the next segment as well, because the next segment is, of course, recapping Florida versus Auburn, Auburn. But um, <clears throat> when you look at this and it's like, Mike White did a good job of getting Trey Mann ready for the NBA. He he did a good job of, you know, preparing him a bit. And Trey Mann's done well when he's been given the playing time. But you look back at Billy Donovan, and it's like, I don't know if Florida will ever see a time where they were just consistently producing NBA talent and getting guys to stay for years and years. Like getting guys to stay for multiple years in a sport where there are so many one-and-done guys, Florida somehow has consistently gotten guys to stay. I think Bradley Beal is one of the only one-and-dones that we've seen, really, in Florida for the past 20 years. Um, which, again, at the beginning of that, guys could just come straight out of high school, so that's why they were in a ton of one-and-dones then, but the, the rules have changed since then. Uh, I think that as you look at these numbers, as time goes on, like if we get further in, if when we get further into the 2020s, when you look at these numbers, uh, Florida is going to get bumped down, maybe completely knocked out because a lot of those guys run the 06 and 07 teams where it's like, well, guess what? They won't be calculated in the newer numbers. So as we get later into the 2020s, you won't really see Florida, um, as prominent as they were early on in this list, especially if Mike White stays, that's 
I was going to say that's not a knock on Mike White. It's absolutely a knock on Mike White. Uh, I, I don't think he's done a fantastic job of maximizing the talent available and helping guys reach their full potential. So I think that's hurt them in the draft and hurt them in succeeding in the NBA and playing professionally. Um, but it, it really just keeps going back to showing how amazing of a coach Billy Donovan was, especially when he's with Florida. And like, I've spoken about it before. It's it, when Billy Donovan left the Florida Gators, I was absolutely heartbroken um, because when Billy Donovan started at Florida, was the first year I was alive. Um, and then Billy Donovan left and it was like, wow, this is going to be the first year of my life that Billy Donovan is not the head coach of the Florida Gators basketball team. But it shows how good of a recruiter he was and how good of a developer he was in Florida because he would get guys to come to Florida. He would develop them for years and get them ready for the NBA. And they would keep coming back to him and he would just keep cycling talent through. And I mean, towards the end of his tenure is really awesome because you really got to see how good of a pure coach he was because he had a bunch of guys that didn't make it to the NBA or didn't make it far in the NBA or didn't stay in the NBA for long. And he had a bunch of them and he was making deep runs in March with them. You know, he had uh, Eric Murphy, Patrick Young, Scotty Wilbeck, and who I still, still will argue it is absolutely bonkers that he's not currently in the NBA, but you look at all these guys that Billy Donovan had, and it was just amazing with the NBA talent um, that he had on team and that he didn't have on his team. And he just found consistent success. So Florida, yes, under Billy Donovan was in fact an NBA factory uh, since Mike White has gotten there. Not really so much. Um, it, it, it's been very rough to watch and it's been very rough to be a part of at times, but Hey, we're here, you know, let, let the, let the bad times roll, I guess. Uh, Florida, we're, we're going to tout being an NBA factory while we can, um, but it won't be for much longer. So that's, that's rough, but uh, we're, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to hope for the best. Um, and I mean, I was like, yeah, there's, there's some places where I was like, oh, why are they there? Like Texas and UCLA for a second. I was like, why are they up there? Like, I feel like they're not usually like powerhouse. Texas had Kevin Durant. And UCLA had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love, and Arizona had James Harden. Arizona State had James Harden. Never mind about James Harden. Um, but I mean, Kentucky and Duke, very obvious. I was a little surprised to not see Kansas there. Um, but hey, Florida can can tout that over them. So I, I'm gonna have fun and roll with that one. Hey, Gators fans! I'm here with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code score to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up there's up to 50 cents cash back on your first fill up don't pay full price at the pump anymore like a loser get cash back using get upside and make sure to use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and i don't know if you like making money but if you're going to be smart about it make sure that thing is on e so you fill it all the way up 
and you get maximum cash back that you can your first time using promo code SCORE. Get the cash back to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon and other brands, whatever you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is S-C-O-R-E. SCORE is your promo code for GetUpside. Now... We're going to uh, wrap up today's show by talking about Florida versus Auburn, men's basketball that happened on Saturday night. Now I'm going to start it off by saying this because a certain someone said something on Thursday's show um, about winning by 30. And hey, it wasn't 30, Zach. I could at least I could at least say that. Florida did not lose the game by 30. Um, before I get into a, a a full breakdown of the game or recap of the game, whatever you want to call it, I have to talk about something that happens a lot with the Florida Gators and confuses me a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm more of a football scheme guy, so this could just be me uh, being wrong and not realizing the reason and not recognizing what exactly is trying to happen. But uh, I, I, I need to bring this up because it bothers me a lot. Um, there seem to be a lot of sequences in the game plan or whenever they let the team go freelance and not game plan things or whatever it may be, um, not run sets, but there seems to be a, a very high frequency in which they try to just go get the ball to Colin Castleton in the high post, no matter what, like not the low block or anything, but, but up near the free throw line while he's posted up. And I mean, I, I love Colin, but I don't think that's a strong suit to be in the high block like that. I think it should be low block, but no matter how smothered he is, uh, no matter how many defenders are in the vicinity, they're just like, okay, get the ball to Colin Castleton no matter what and let him try to make something happen. And he, I, I think he's very good working in the post. I'm not saying that. I, th- I think his footwork is the best, one of the best in college basketball. But uh, it's very weird to me to just be like, hey, no matter how smothered he is, get the ball. And it's like this team needs to be able to adjust like like i said like i, I love colin castleton i think he's a, one of the best centers in college basketball uh, especially defensively but even offensively he's very good but it, it's just so obvious they want to force feed him at times and the team refuses to make adjustments whether it's on the fly or whether like whether the players just decide hey you know what this ain't working let's do something else or mike white goes hey this ain't working let's do something else where colin castleton to no fault of his own obviously is like double teamed or got a defender draped on him and he's trying to fight free. And they're just like, well, we're going to, we're going to hold the ball here until, until we want to just like pass it over to Colin Castle. And it just makes no sense to me. Uh, it's very confusing. And I, I hate that Florida does it consistently. Cause it's one of those things where it stops your offense completely. Cause Myron Jones or Tyree Appleby are just standing there like this, just standing there waiting with the ball, waiting for Colin Castle to, to fight free. And he's whipping his arms around and he's doing a whole bunch of things. And it just makes no sense to me. Um, so I, j- I just wanted to talk about that first. Cause that triggered me watching it happen multiple times against Auburn, but uh, Auburn won 85 73 because like Zach mentioned on Thursday's episode of lockdown Gators or lockdown Auburn, whichever one you listen to, we had a crossover. Auburn's rotation is just too deep. Florida did a great job of getting to the line. Uh, Colin Castleton, I believe had 11 free throw attempts. Um, and we had, we had a few other guys with five or more and it was solid. Um, but the Auburn's rotation is just too deep. Like Florida did what they could, but ultimately there are just too many flaws with this team and too much exhaustion to keep up with Auburn. I believe Florida only played nine players. Um, Auburn always goes 
you know, 11, 12 deep. Um, and it, it, it was one of the things where it's like, I, I, I don't get it because, you know, Florida, I, I understand Florida's an average team this year. Florida, the, I'm fine saying that because, like I said last week, it's a little weird to be like, oh, like, well, they can be really good, but they can be really bad. And it's like, if we don't want to, if you have to like hedge yourself like that, then congrats, you have an average team. That's all it is. It's it's high ceiling, low floor, great, but you're probably going to fall somewhere in the middle there, very average and very inconsistent. Um, And so it was an average Gators team traveling to one of the best schools or one of the best basketball teams in the nation and getting beat by 12, which isn't totally surprising. But Colin Castleton had 22 points and 10 rebounds on 7 of 14 shooting, 8 for 11 from the free throw line. He was aggressive. He was pretty efficient, pretty effective. Um, I have no problem with really what he did so much. Again, it's, it's more game planning for me that's bothering me at this point. Myron Jones had one of his more efficient games of the season. Uh, Anthony DeRuji had one of the most aggressive games of the season for him. He had 14 points on six of 12 shooting. And I, I, I get where there are people who are like, oh, like uh, you shouldn't barely have more points than shot attempts. Like you shouldn't have just 14 points if you're shooting the ball 12 times. You should be more efficient, get to the line, shoot more threes, whatever it may be. Um, I'm not going to kill Myron Jones and Anthony DeRuji both shot 50%. I am not going to kill anybody on this Florida Gators team, like the, like the actual players, uh, I'm not going to kill you for having barely more points than shot attempts in this game, because you shot 50% against one of the best college basketball teams in the nation. Like this is a top 10 college basketball team, not just ranking wise, but legit talent wise. It's a very good college basketball team. So I'm not going to kill you if you shot 50%. I, I I just can't fault you too much for that, I, especially with how incompetent the coaching has been. And I mentioned, you know, this is an average Florida Gators team, and this was expected to, when you travel to Auburn to lose this game by a considerable margin. Uh, at least you didn't get completely annihilated. But the offense was better than usual, which is great. My bigger concern with this team is that we are in year seven under Mike White. You can call him mid-major Mike. You can call him whatever you want. But we are in year seven of Mike White. I mentioned last segment, you know, Billy Donovan left in uh, 2014. Since then, it's been Mike White. Um, we're in year seven of Mike White, and we're still average. And it's like, great, like for an average team, you played all right against Auburn. But why are you still average? You've been here for seven years, and Florida is one of the most prestigious basketball programs around, but largely in part due to what Billy Donovan did for the Florida Gators over the past, over his 20-year tenure. Um, but you're in year seven of Mike White now. You're still average. You gave him an extension this past summer, and again, it, it just seems like you're committing to being average, and you're like, yeah, we don't need to be great. We don't need to be excellent. We don't need to be good. We just got to be there, uh, and, and it's awful. And Zach mentioned it. Last week, I mean, he was talking about football, but it's a, he was talking about recruiting-wise. It should be very easy to get people to the University of Florida, whether you're talking about football, basketball, baseball, softball, women's basketball, whatever it is. It should be very easy to recruit people to come to Florida. And Mike White has not done a great job of bringing in high school recruits. He's done a good job of annihilating the transfer portal. He, I'm not going to take that away from him. He was very good at that. But you know, you're in year seven, you're still average. What do you bring to the table? Are you someone that can get us over this hump that you've kind of caused? So I, my biggest concern is like, when do we decide we want to be better than average again?
That's what I need to know. Florida, when do we decide? Gators fans, when do we decide we want to be better than average once again? This seems like Dan Mullen, where it's like, you're not an awful coach, but you're not good enough and it's not working out. So deuces. Like, that's what it needs to be at this point, I think, if you're asking me at least. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't miss out tomorrow, but we'll get back to talking more about the Florida Gators football team. I tweeted that I had to record before the Falcons game, so maybe we'll talk about Kyle Pitts breaking the record if he does, if he does get to do it. Now make your second listen to Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight. From Lee Sterling for Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all my written work, and I will see you all tomorrow.